Approximately 78% of Americans travel with their pets on vacation each year, but those travels come with unique challenges and requirements. Thankfully, we are joined today by Casey Troop, a travel planner with a wealth of experience and knowledge who will help us plan for traveling with our pets. So pull out your road atlas and let's map out an itinerary on the Family Pet Podcast. Welcome in all you curious pet parents to the next episode of the Family Pet Podcast. This is the podcast for curious pet parents where we believe the more you know about pet healthcare, the better pet parent you can be. I'm your host, Michael Shirley, joined by my co-host, Stephen Shirley. Brother, what's up, what's up Michael? Now, you've got a big trip planning here, uh, plan for this uh, coming up this summer, right? Gosh, in six weeks, yes. I'm going to join our one of our other brothers in Chicago and drive to Twin Falls, Idaho, as he moves, uh, moves across country and help him move one of his cars. So we're going to... Hit 10 states on our drive. Who all is going on this trip? David, his daughter, Anna, uh, myself, and uh, my son, Luke. You're not taking Maverick or Gracie? No, I'm not taking not taking the, the pets with me. Uh, that that seems like that would be a bit much of a challenge. For anyone out there that has uh, is new to the Family Pet Podcast, Stephen has two dogs, a little shizu named Gracie. And a true couch potato. Yes, and then the opposite end of the spectrum, he has Maverick, the shepherd. And how how big is Maverick? Like 50 pounds? He's 60 pounds. 60 pounds. So 60 pounds of pure energy. Yes. Pure, unadulterated energy. Now, so that, yeah, so I I could see, you know, what are you going to do with Maverick while, while you're gone? He will probably go to pet daycare for the week going to be going to he's going to be going on his own little trip that's right his own little vacation well today we're going to be talking about vacations with a certified vacation planner with uh, vacation wizards specializes now this is casey troop and she specializes in trips to disney and universal so welcome to the family pet podcast casey thanks for having me i'm excited to be here we're excited to have you i hear this is your first podcast that you've been on First but you, podcast ever. Uh, well, welcome. We're glad that we Woo-hoo. could be your first time. Hey. Yeah. Yay. Seems this? like all of our guests. It's yeah. like, I've never done this before. Well, we don't know if this is like really what a podcast is supposed to be like. So the next time you're on a podcast, you might tell them that this is my first time on a professional podcast. <laughs> we do have a professional producer over here, producer Trent here at Spread the Positive Studios. We're, he makes us sound better than we actually are. So we, we appreciate him too. But thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're going to be talking about traveling and vacation planning for your pets. And uh, you have a pet. I do. So tell me about your pet. So we have a two and a half year old Corgi named Chance, and he is just so much energy and so much fun to be around and the happiest dog I have ever met, ever. Chance is one of my favorite dogs to see on the family pet um, when we do the walk my dog challenge which is going on now are you signed up yet we have signed up. awesome so we get to see chance's little wiggly booty going down the down the greenway uh corgis for you should just go to tiktok or instagram and just type in hashtag corgis and just watch the videos of them wiggling down the down the road as they do their thing it's the cutest thing ever. it, it really is it almost made me want to get one for Mahela. So, so but uh so when do you all travel like tell me about like i don't know where to even start where, where should we start let's start with traveling just in general 
maybe some tips that you have for our, our curious pet parents out there for traveling with your pet if you're just going on a road trip like Stephen. Yeah, so we take Chance on road trips all the time. My family is actually from Maryland, so Chance makes a 12-hour drive up to Maryland often. Um, and my in-laws live about 30 minutes for us, and he goes to their house every Saturday. So he's in the car often. Um, we started taking him on car rides since the day we got him. So he's kind of gotten used to it, and we worked him up to those longer 12-hour rides mm-hmm. with the shorter rides um, leading up to it. Uh, So he loves cars, Um, even though he's got so much energy and is constantly running around. He's surprisingly pretty calm in the car, which we didn't expect, but we love that he is. It makes traveling easier. Uh, But every time he gets in the car, we make sure he wears his harness and a safety restraint uh, just in case we were ever to get in an accident or need to slam on our brakes for anything. We want him to be safe at all times, just like we would ourselves with our seatbelts. So that's, I think, my First, number one thing, if you're going to put your pet in the car, make sure they have on a harness or a seatbelt. We actually had um, incidents on our last travel to Maryland where we had to slam on the brakes for a deer. Um, And he, since he was properly restrained, he was kept in the seat the whole time. No issues at all with Chance, which was really great for me to know what we had were using was working because it was the first time we ever had to yeah, you didn't experience. Just, you didn't just strap him in and try it out sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we've never had to do that before. So we just were hoping he was restrained properly, um, and he was. And I just was so thankful that he had the harness and not his collar because right. it would have pulled from the neck and did not want that. That so. is such a good point to bring up because we do see trauma uh, from dogs with, with that when they have a – something like that a fall and maybe they get caught by their collar or something the neck trauma is there um and i could see just just picturing it in my head slamming on the brakes and everything flies forward and the and the dog dangling out there by their neck you know their feet now towards the windshield that's a that's terrifying it's, it's terrifying to think about and that was my first thought as soon as it happened was thank goodness he was not restrained by his neck but instead his harness that distributed that impact across his chest and shoulders now does your harness allow him to buckle in and, and still be able to walk side to side on the back seat or does it keep him in one particular seat he's able to move side to side so we give him enough leeway and so the harness is around his chest and then we use a seat belt restraint that clips in um, like a normal seat belt would And we give him enough leeway to sit up and look out the window um, and to turn around if he wanted to, which Corgis are a small dog, so he doesn't need a whole lot of leeway. But we made sure that he didn't have enough to fall off the seat. Good point. Yep. Now, I like that you said you you started training him young for car rides and building up to the long trips. Um, Dr. Shirley and I do a lot of rescue work with German Shorthair Pointer, and sometimes I will go and pick up a German shorthair pointer, full grown adult dog that's never been in a car before. And that's stressful for everybody. And sometimes I can, sometimes I'll be able to put them in a crate in the car, but other times I've had to buckle them in like in, in Dr. Shirley's cards, I have to buckle them in. I had a dog once that chewed through, luckily it wasn't the seatbelt, but it was the attachment that went on the seatbelt, oh like my. that attached to his harness. So that was really stressful for yeah. everybody. Cause the next thing I know, the dog's in the front seat with me, which is stressful to me. And that could have caused me to wreck too. Mm-hmm. So the, the distraction of all of a sudden, up oh, there's a dog in your lap. Um, if that dog had gotten in my lap, that would have been a lot different story. A 50 pound dog trying to sit in my lap while I'm driving down the interstate is a recipe for disaster. So. Yes. It sounds like it. Yeah. So, so how did you go through, like when you say you built up to these longer trips, how did that start? Like, did it start with just a lap around the block and, and we build up from there? 
Uh, actually, the day we got Chance and brought him home, he went straight to my in-laws' house. So his first ride ever was about 30 minutes, um, which we weren't sure if that was a good idea, but <laughs> it's successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we just started with um, the 30-minute rides. And then um, I work in Nashville. Um, so we actually got him two weeks before we were sent home to to work from home for COVID. Um, So I was worried about him not being socialized or used to being out and about with everybody being home all the time. So if I ever had to ride up to my office to get something, I would take him with me. So we went from the 30 minute rides to the hour rides to Nashville and kind of worked up from that. Um, And then we actually spent a lot of time just driving around during then when nothing was open and there was nothing to do. We would just go on drives. So we'd bring him with us and and take him with us on those drives around. So we worked up, probably went from like the 30 minutes to the hour to a couple hours and then made the leap to the 12 hours. And he did fine. Did he ever suffer from car sickness at all that you remember? No, he never from car sickness. He peed in the car once. Mm -hmm. Uh, when he was really little, uh, we thought he was just excited, but he was trying to tell us he needed to go to the bathroom. And if, so, and how, yeah, I guess that's the the thing that I would be concerned about is okay, how often do I need to do pit stops, uh, potty breaks, those kind of things? We try to do on our long drives, don't go more than two and a half to three hours without stopping and letting him get out, stretch his legs, go to the bathroom if he needs to, and then we get back in. We try to give him about. 10 to 15 minutes every three hours at most. Now, do you have any go-to equipment that you carry with you on uh, on these road trips? Yes. Yeah, so I found a great water bottle to help keep him hydrated on Amazon. It's insulated, and then the lid has an attachment on it that he can drink out of the lid easily. So it's great to keep water cold in the car, um, separate for him mm-hmm. that we don't have because that's gross, right? Um and he can drink right out of it, and then whatever he doesn't finish, I can pour back in the bottle and, okay. and save for later. Uh, if we're going on long rides, we bring the collapsible food bowls with us. Um, our book bag, actually, we have this great book bag um, that came with two collapsible food bowls, food pouches um, to p- travel with your food in, and a spot for doggy bags um, that we can pull easily out of it. So that book bag is something that we take with us every time we travel and we keep toys in there and treats and all the things that we'll need. Um, and so if he needs to eat on those 12 hour rides, we have a bowl to use. So that. You, you, Chance has his go bag that yeah. is ready. It's a lot, sounds like a lot like traveling with infants. <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's an infant diaper bag, a Chance's go bag that it's got everything that you need for the trip. Yep. It's got stocked, everything in it. Stocked and, and uh, replenished every time. All right, so let so we talked a little bit. That's obviously a little bit about uh, traveling with your dog. Um, what about if you decide when you have clients that come to you and they're like, "I'm just going to leave my dog behind." What are some tips that you have for those folks that are leaving their dogs behind? Yeah, so we um, have never used a pet service. We've always used friends or family to watch him. Um, so when we leave him behind we normally his go bag goes with him so it's got the food bowls for them to use we pack up however much food he's going to need in there and then we always bring familiar toys and um, his bed for him to sleep on so it it helps him feel a little more comfortable in a new place all right i'm going to turn to you steven ask you a question Uh oh so you take your dog to a boarding facility yes what what's your what's your tips for those people out there maybe they've never boarded their dog somewhere before what do they need to do one of the key things is to try to take a tour uh, beforehand that um, 
when you you can go and you can see how the facility is laid out, you can walk into the facility and listen. If mm-hmm. there is a cacophony of barking, you know that your dog may be stressed, and that is not something that would be ideal for a, a vacation to be surrounded by by uh, stressful activities. But they can show you the the play area, uh, kind of watch, observe the the pet playtime to see how they're monitored. Look in and see how much staffing is. If there's only one person watching 40 dogs, that may not be ideal um, kind of things. But then the other thing is um, just kind of also see how they are set up to handle any kind of emergency, to ask them, if my pet experiences an emergency, what what is the plan? So that you can have a little bit of uh, self-assurance and be reassured from there. What was your, I know with Maverick, you had to have him temperament tested there, right? Yes. So <laughs> something, and and this is something But this is that, something that, you, this, is, this is an expectation. I this mean, you, is, people should be looking to, to these things. Yes, your, your dog should be temperament tested to evaluate if they can get along with the other dogs. Um, and so they did a test, and Maverick failed. So we're actually looking at finding a different facility, not the fact that they failed him, but it's that he clearly something was wrong in that location because he's been in other settings with we did the puppy plunge right. with 100 dogs and he had a blast he actually enjoyed himself so much that he sprained his tail <laughs> wagging it so much yeah. there's uh, your fun fact for people today is that yes your dogs can sprain sprain their tail from from wagging it too much it's probably um, good that chance doesn't have a tail because he right. would do that often <laughs> So we're actually looking because maybe there is some sort of trigger there that has uh, caused Maverick to not a, not get to in fully enjoy the the pet facility. What about uh, medical records and things? Um, now, if you're like Casey said, if you're taking your dog to a friend or family, they may not request medical records. But what about for the boarding facility? Yeah, our, our boarding facility requests uh, requires um, three core vaccines that every pet should realistically have is rabies, distemper parvo, and then they were, uh, require the, the bordetella. And a lot of clinics, including or a lot of uh, facilities, daycare facilities, will require the bordetella every six months, even though a, a, a standard of care is every year, they might require it every six months just because it's such a, a higher risk environment. But then the other one that is is new and that the facility that we utilize uh, requires the canine influenza vaccination. So. And one thing that I want to everyone to understand is if you are traveling with your dog or if you're leaving your dog behind and you are going to go to a boarding facility that requires these medications or vaccinations, you need to make sure ahead that you have a plan ahead of time. For, for most veterinarians right now, their offices are booked two, three weeks out. And if you just call and say, my dog needs a, a Bordetella vaccine before I, we go out of town tomorrow yep. or today, um, that is, don't be mad at the vet office when they tell you that they can't get you in. Your crisis. Yeah, your not, failure to plan is not created crisis. Yeah, for emergency on, for the vet office. So if you are going out of town, check your records, check with the facility to see if they require it every six months, then you're just get that information beforehand. But then the other aspect is, have those medical records available for whoever is is watching your pet if you travel so that if something happens 
they can the the person who has your pet can have the records and, and give those to the medical provider all right casey let's go back to your your area of, ex, of expertise um specialization if we will is uh helping people plan for trips to disney and universal yes so that's pretty exciting that's a pretty cool job to help people yeah so i I could go a a bunch of different ways like how did you even find out that i didn't even know that was a job but that's pretty cool i didn't either until a couple years ago yeah (laughs) so that's really neat well i will use you uh, if when not if but when we go back for another disney trip but what about people that want to take their pets with them to florida can they can they take their dogs to disney yeah so focusing on disney you can take your dog to disney they have a boarding facility there that's very nice i have seen it chances never stayed there um, but i have been inside the facility and it's very nice and, and i've looked at all of their fancy packages they have so if you've been to boarding facilities before think on disney level because they do it for their dogs too it's right? not just <laughs> fantastic for humans it's fantastic for dogs they have so many add-on services that make it so much fun for pets to stay there. So can he have breakfast with Cinderella? With oh, the, you know? wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that would be so cute. Or if Mickey could bring him his little nighttime biscuit. Right. <laughs> they call them turn-down biscuits. That's an option to add on to your package stay there. He gets a special Disney biscuit or something. I don't know. It, oh, it, it sounded cool on the website <laughs> uh, and when I was talking with them. But Disney also has five hotels that are pet friendly okay. where your dog can stay with you at the resort are there health requirements that you're aware of for the for boarding like do they have to bring the medical records ahead of time and you know i'm not exactly sure i'd, I'd okay. have to look into it but i would assume that disney would want yeah, to know say. that your pet has had all of the vaccinations that we talked about earlier yeah, and, and listeners out there need to make sure that you check with your state in florida as well to make sure like do you have to have a health certificate to travel around and I will tell you that health certificate, where we were talking about making an appointment for just vaccines, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But health certificates are a whole nother level. As yeah, they if, say. if you're <laughs> if you're taking your pet international travel that requires a, a health certificate, do not delay. We're talking contact months, your vet, months. Contact your veterinarian at least two months before so that they can can prepare because that is not a quick uh, quick piece of paperwork. Are any other like interesting things about Disney and traveling with your pets there? I, I, I'm really intrigued by the Disney theme or Disney process for pets. I, I need to check that out. Yeah, like, I think the best place if you're wanting to really have your pet experience your vacation with you would be to stay at their campground. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney has a fantastic campground that offers not just campsites and RV camping, but cabin rentals as well. Is it Camp Wilderness? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Fort Wilderness. Fort Wilderness. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and that's probably where most people who are traveling with pets will stay. Um, so there will be lots of other dogs there, um, which would, for your own personal um, safety or peace of mind, you'd want your pet to be vaccinated around all of those yep. dogs too. For sure. Um, so that's going to be, you know, there's trails for them to walk and explore and, and things like that. So that's probably the best place if you're going to take your pet and want them to stay with you and not be boarded. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend the campground. So that sounds really neat. I, I never I never thought about the fact that they might have trails at the at the, uh, I'd be Fort scared Warner. of one encounter. Uh, Maverick encountered, alligators. Maverick <laughs> encountered a horse on oh, a my. on a green white oh, trail yeah. for the first time. And ironically. 
it it was it was awkward because he had never met a horse before and he was fine right until the horse was passing and then he lost his mind but i'd be afraid <laughs> of him seeing an alligator and it's like that looks like a low, low you know i'm gonna go chase it did you all ever see the video of the guy down in florida where his dog got pulled into the water by an alligator and he jumped in and saved his dog right oh my gosh yes hardcore that's yeah it. man like, that's the kind of pet parent we <laughs> that's want that's right that's right <laughs> I hope that's he's right. listening <laughs> If he is, we give him a shout out. Well, we go to Disney often, and there's always the signs that say beware of alligators, but I've never been up close to one, except for probably on their golf courses. It's the only the, place they tend to come closer. The next time you go to Orlando, go to Gators, Gatorland. Oh, I've been. Have you been to Gatorland? It's great. That's up, that's up close. You meant like in the wild. I mean oh, in okay. the wild. I got you. Like I got you. At Disney World, they don't yeah. tend to come super close. I would. That's a good thing. Yes. We don't want to encounter them closely. <laughs> but Gatorland, yeah. Uh, our uncle was friends with the guy that owned that. It was we we went there a lot as kids. Let's feed the alligators. It's fun. That's weird childhood memory of mine. <laughs> it was okay. randomness <laughs> galore. All right, well, uh, so we're at the part of our show where we uh, ask for a fun fact. And I, I just passed you a note a minute ago that asked you if Stephen had talked to you about a fun fact. And you said no, Stephen didn't prep. That's two guests in a row, Stephen. This is, this is poor prep uh, planning. <laughs> so, so, I do so the fun fact is something that you could share with our curious pet parents out there that would help them win trivia night at the local restaurant or impress their friends and family at dinner. It doesn't have to be related to pets, but um, anything that you can think of, maybe a Disney fun fact that you could share with us? Agro-tourism fun fact? Oh, goodness. I had a fun fact, but then I didn't realize there were uh, parameters to what your fun fact could be <laughs> to help you win trivia night. Um, it, I mean, I bet your fun fact is probably just perfect. Yeah, it might not help you win trivia night, but it's a cool fun fact. Okay. Uh, so Chance is not my only pet. Um, I have a potbelly pig as well that lives with my mom in Maryland on okay. our family farm. Uh, and her name is Babe. Uh, she's named after, well, I said that she was named after Babe from Charlotte's Web. But in order to get my brother on board, we said it was for Babe Ruth because he's a oh, baseball nice. fan. So oh. Babe worked for both. Um, but we've had her since I was in high school. And the first time Chance ever met a pig was the funniest thing I have ever seen. He was like, that is a big dog, but it doesn't really look like a dog. I don't really know what that is. And she was not a big fan of Chance. So it, thankfully, they got along, but it That's just was really funny to watch a corgi meet a potbelly pig for I, the first time. I hope time. you got good pictures of that. Yes. Well, I'll give you a fun fact related to that, that a pig squeals are as loud like decibels as a jet airplane's engine. I believe it. Have you ever had to like trim your pig's tusks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's loud. Yes. It's a loud experience. Just there you go. There's your fun fact today. There's my it, fun was, fact. it all came together. See? There we go. Even with no prep. Well, Casey, thanks for joining us. How can our curious pet parents out there find you if they're thinking about a trip to uh, that they need uh, some help with the uh, with from from your services? Yes. Yeah, so I have a Facebook page. Um, it's Casey with the Vacation Wizards. And I also have an Instagram account, which is called Troop Disney. Um, and it's Troop spelled like my last name, which is T-R-O-U-P. Troop Disney. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's yeah. perfect. And we'll put both of those in our show notes. That is it. All right. Well, Casey, thanks again for joining us on the uh, Family Pet Podcast. For all of you curious pet parents out there, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And we and ask... If you, and if you oh, do... We ask that you uh, like, 
subscribe, share, do all those things with the, the podcast right. messages. That's right. Do all those things. And most, not most importantly, but I can't get out of here without telling you, everybody out there needs to register for the Walk My Dog Challenge. It is going on now. You can register at familypethealth.com slash walkmydog. Sign up. All you have to do, walk your dog, win prizes. That's it. All right, everybody. Have a great day. We'll see you next time on the Family Pet Podcast. The Family Pet is a podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe that the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet is a production of Family Pet Health, PLLC, and recorded in the studios of Spread the Positive Productions in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on the things that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com. Thank you.